Hey, coming up on your favorite podcast, we had a lot of ground to cover. Sorry for the long delay this week, folks, battling illness, holidays, you name it. It was just a disaster all the way around, but we were able to put it together, get a pod for you tonight. We hope you enjoy it. Zach, Ryan, me, breaking down all the headlines in the league. It's coming your way next on the podcast. Happy New Year in advance, by the way. That's right. Welcome to the pod, everybody. Good to have you here. I'm Tim. That's my buddy Ryan over there in his light-up headphones, which um, uh, you're going to really enjoy when we put this uh, on YouTube. We're going to try to get back to the video pods this week because I think we can get that done. Ryan, oh, good to see you, my friend. Good to be back. I know we're on a little bit of a delay this week, but it's all right. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff pop up. A lot of stuff. I mean, what are you going to do? Cowardly. Stop. Oh, come on. We're standing right here. If you've got something to say, tough guy. Both of you are avoiding me in Packers talk all week. This is not. This is this is absolute nonsense. And on the other side, of course, is the uh, chesty, the very chesty Packer fan, uh, the coach, Zach Knee Neighbor. Coach, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm uh I'm I'm ready for another podcast and an enjoyable week here going into another biggest game of the year. Yeah, you've been basically playing playoff football for the last three weeks. So here you are uh, ready to play yet another one, which we will get to that conversation in just a moment because it is Packer Viking week here uh, on the pod as well. We get two of these a year. We had one in week one and here we are again and a uh, long way from there. But We'll get to that in a little while because that'll be a big part of our pod, especially on the back end of this pod tonight. want to apologize for the delay, as we know, because obviously the holiday weekend rolled around on um, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, obviously it was a great weekend of football, and we were hoping to get right to it on Monday, but uh, Ryan's computer uh, needed a massive upgrade is what I was told, uh, that it was on its last legs is what I was told. Um, uh, not, 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 not last legs. So what had happened was uh, – I needed to upgrade my motherboard and processor because I couldn't upgrade to Windows 11. Uh, so I had to basically reconstruct the entire thing. And on top of it, old uh, – yeah, sorry. Wake up, Zach. We're, we're back. We're back on the pod. It's okay. Uh, and I caught the worst Christmas cold I think that I've I've ever caught. Like it was just uh, – what a disaster for the last couple of days. I'm, I'm bouncing back. I feel better. Still a little congested, but uh, – yeah, that blows. But of course, when you're in a house with 20 people and you're, you know, arm to arm, basically in this uh, living room with this dice game gift exchange business, uh, do you guys do any of that by, the, by any chance? But there you are, arm in arm with people, rolling the same dice, touching everything. And before you know it, I got a goddamn cold. So it uh, is what it is. No, no dice game for us. I think, I think we do dice game uh, around Easter time in our family. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, a little game. We, uh, something, for the, something for the kids. I like that. We we used to do a dice game. We don't do it anymore. Uh, we do. Everybody brings food. We might play some games and stuff just for fun. But this year we've got all the babies. We've got like eight babies at my parents' house. So it's uh, it's just been about gifts for kids and, you know, managing did, the chaos. So. I did win in my dice roll. I did win um, a high noon watermelon 
uh, the hard the hard vodka seltzer or whatever the hell that nice. is. So that was Ooh, tasty, fancy. very tasty. Yeah, I know. I was very nice. We, uh, I was very happy with that. We we played some games on uh, Festivus, uh, with with one of my one group of families, and um, then if you won your particular event, you got to go over and and pick from like the prize wall, Ooh. and it had a variety of prizes, but some of them had coal, um, and of course I picked a piece of coal. So good call. Yep. That's the feat, that was the feats of strength part of Festivus, yep. right? Well, was that kind of yep. very nice? Nice job, uh, guys. Uh, so this pod. Instead of it being kind of a review, it's going to feel a little bit more like a preview of what's happening this week. But also, there were some big headlines uh, in the news here over the last couple, three days that I wanted to get to a few of those and also talk a little bit about the offseason as we start to look ahead, as obviously some teams are already looking ahead based on the headlines we saw this week. Uh, Let's start with the most recent one, the one that happened yesterday. Derek Carr, uh, Josh McDaniels announced Jared Stidham is going to start for the remainder of the season. Derek Carr sits and not only sits, but is not even activated, won't be in uniform, has no intention of seeing the field for the remainder of the season, which basically ostensibly for all intents and purposes ends his time as a Las Vegas Raider. You got to feel like he will be on a different team next year. Zach, I'll start with you since you are not the car supporter in the room. I want to hear kind of your thoughts when you heard this. Uh, maybe think about what Vegas is thinking about with this move. Just kind of give me your thoughts. Well, it's it's clear that this is about money, right? They're they're worried that he gets hurt um, because if he can't, there's a physical like three days after the end of the season, and if he doesn't pass that physical, it guarantees his next season, which um, is like forty and, million dollars, right? And they like and they've decided they don't want to deal with that. Um, you know, I saw some reports yesterday that the decision, uh, came from above. This isn't a coaching decision. This isn't a GM decision. This is an ownership decision. Um, which I think is a little surprising to some, but again, right. I mean, if you're, I've, I've beat this drum over and over. I would not pay him $40 million. Certainly Um, not. I know that's kind of the going price right now at quarterback. Um, but it seems foolish. The real question for me becomes now, uh, you know, where does Devontae Adams sit in all this? Um, And where does Josh Jacobs sit? Jacobs was pretty, um, now a couple of times, not just after the game against Pittsburgh Saturday night, but but yesterday as well, was pretty, uh, seemed like disheartened, kind of downtrodden by the whole experience as well. I think he's out regardless. Um, You know, somebody's going to pay him the money probably more than he's worth. Mm. We know how that goes. Um, but, you know, I, the Adams thing is interesting because he there was an interview yesterday where he's sitting in his locker and he really talked about, you know, I, I, I'm at a point in my career where I want to do some great things and put up some all-time numbers. And he basically said, I wasn't willing to, I'm not, I wasn't willing to go a couple years without Aaron there, right? Referring back to Rodgers. He didn't know that Rodgers yeah. was going to be there, and that was part of this. Well, now, <laughs> you know, the guy he left for, the you know, his college friend is not going to be there either, and they don't have a clear idea for next year. That's where we go to you, Ryan. Uh, that's an interesting thought. So Zach takes us to that spot. Your thoughts on this, and then maybe think about what Zach probably brought in here with the Devontae side of this as well. 
Well, I think that you know ultimately the Raiders are going to have to make a decision about whether or not they think that this roster can compete without these guys. Uh, if 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 they're not competitive, Adams isn't isn't going to want to stick around. First and foremost, this is a guy who is when he's when he's healthy, when he's in a decent offense, he's one of the best wide receivers in football. He can he's got his money. If a team that wants to take on that contract is going to be getting a player that has shown that he can still play when the ball can get to him. The problem is, is that we've seen that in for whole halves of football and sometimes for whole games in, in Vegas, they will just not throw him the ball. So if if he can go somewhere where he's going to be a featured piece of an offense, he's going to be worth the money you're paying him. Uh, the The problem is, is that in Vegas, you're you're not going to have a quarterback next year unless you end up taking someone in the draft. You don't have a defense. You really don't have much of an offensive line. Your running game is about to go kaput because you're going to lose your best back uh, to, to free agency. Uh, it, so it, it's going to create some problems for for the Raiders in you know how do we rebuild this thing? Uh, you know, is you, you're going to cut Derek Carr? What does that look like with with his contract that they just signed him to? Because that was. That looks like a mistake now. Uh, so there's there's a lot of kind of moving parts here. I think if you're if you're asking me where I think they should go, uh, my my the first place I'm looking is just offloading as many pieces as possible and put it, loading up on draft picks. Just trying to find as many picks as possible, and that probably is going to come from Devonte Adams. Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be lessened by the contract hit at this point, but just trying to load up on as many picks to rebuild as possible, uh, get some young promising guys, and then you can start to add guys like Adams back again, because this was a team that at the beginning of the year, we looked at them and said, yeah, they got a new coach, but this is a team that should be able to compete. They, you know, they're in a tough division, but you know, if they can get into the wild card, they might be able to make some kind of a run. And that just hasn't materialized. They just have not been good. Their defense has been abysmal. They're offensively, they just have disappeared for entire stretches of games. So, you know, I think that you know they're one of those teams that's going to have to take a, a long look in the mirror and decide what kind of team they want to be moving forward. And I think that comes down to do they want to even want to keep the head coach at this point? Is he going to be a good fit past this year? Uh, and I think all, with how bad the season's been for them, all of that's got to be on the table. So I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. I, I guess I have a couple like, I, you know, I'm not a uh, watching all the Raiders game tape, but you mentioned that how he like there are times where he just doesn't see the ball for, I mean, even full stretches of a game, right? Like he had two catches for 15 yards the other day. Is that a quarterback issue? Is that a scheme issue? Uh, where, what do you think that is? I mean, let's. There's a couple of questions we could ask here. First is, I mean, you can look at his targets and see that, you know, there are some games where he just doesn't get the targets. And you go back and you look at some of the film and the ball's getting short hopped to him. It's getting overthrown. You know, he's he's just not seeing catchable balls at some stretches of the game. But then there is stretches of the game where he's he's just not getting looked at. Right where where it, it seems like they're not trying to get the ball into his hands, they're not trying to run the offense through him. And I think everyone on this podcast and beyond would agree, outside of Josh Jacobs, if you can't get the running game going, you've got to put the ball in the hands of Devonte Adams because he's been your biggest playmaker this year, especially with Darren Waller hurt. So it's, I mean, it's it's a column A, column B argument here, and and we can look back at at McDaniel's history in New England too. How many playmakers has he really built at wide receiver? Through his career uh, in in New England, how many how many times has he been able to run an offense through a receiver when he hasn't had Tom Brady? Well, I mean, even with Tom Brady, I think that's part of it is he just had noodle arm at quarterback, so that's why you haven't seen big time receivers in New England. I certainly, I certainly think that's part of it. I, I'm just 
you start to see the trend and you have to ask yourself the question of, you know, is, is this, is this a car problem or a McDaniels problem? And when you, when you look back at the whole year, it's kind of both it's, it kind of became the worst of both worlds there for, for Adams, where you had, you come from an offense where you're the featured piece outside to an offense where there really is no featured piece outside. He's competing for touches with, with guys that on other NFL rosters would barely be the third wide receiver. So it's, that's, that's, not where you want to be if you're a guy like Devontae Adams. Hang on a minute, though. Let me first of all, a couple of things here. First of all, I don't need. Let's let's put our hankies away for Devontae Adams here. All right, let's let's stop with that. I'm not feeling one bit sorry for him. He made that decision. He signed that contract. Deal with it. Also, this noodle arm nonsense coming out of Zach has just got to stop. I mean, Tom uh, has still one of the 15 best arms in the league. Uh, that's a fact. And no way. No, yeah, no way. What are you talking about? And then you have to You say to me, oh, no big-time players want to go play for oh, – yeah, you're right. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin have really hated it. Yeah, it's been a real tough time for those guys. Um, they're, so, they're so miserably unhappy with their Super Bowl and their Pro Bowl seasons. Absolute nonsense. I won't tolerate it from you. Do you, I, I do you hear the the real spinning Zach? Just, just uh, no, he's not bit, doing that. That's not run. a bit. No, that's not a bit. He's he believes this. He believes this in his heart of hearts because he hates Tom. And okay, he, and everybody knows it. So is let me ask you this: Is the yeah. solution in Vegas to give up a, uh, a couple of picks and try to trade for Aaron Rodgers, mm. or? Are they trading Devontae Adams for Jordan Love? Oh. Now that is interesting. Kieran thinks so too. Here's my Adams, Adams, Dobbs, Watson. Let's Let's go. go. (laughs) Here's my – I do have a question on – because I just looked up Derek Carr's contract. So after this year – and this is where I think, because I originally thought trading was going to be the move, but Zach, I think you said cut. And I'm starting to think you're right on the cut because after this year, the potential out, so 2023, there's an out of one year, $25 million, but it's only 5.6 dead cap versus a cap hit next year of $34 million, Uh and then a see a dead cap of and it goes down from there. But I mean, it's not so you owe him twenty five. It's twenty five million you owe, and then five million against the against the cap and dead money. That's not that's not terrible. If you're going to get out of a deal, that feels like the deal to get out of. At least that's what it looks like, right? If I'm reading the contract right. So actually, no, it's a cap hit. Is it a cap hit of thirty four million if he's on the roster, or can you cut him and only hit be hit with the five point six two five million? trying to see if that makes sense but there there might be a, a designation there po- pre or post june 1st as well yeah uh that you know when the when the league year turns over because we're that's that's going to probably be the big difference for them but even still it's a gigantic contract and they're going to be eating a ton of dead money because my thought is why not trade him doing. why not try to trade him and get an asset you saw matt ryan got traded last year well i, I think I mean, what, what you're going to end up needing to do if you want to get the assets back for him that you think you can get back for that kind of player you're going to need to eat some of that cap for the next couple of years in any trade that you do no one's going to want to take on that money even as productive as he can be uh for for the kind of picks the Raiders are going to want to get back for him without eating that kind of money. That's the so problem. D- down the road, we're talking. It's thirty three million, forty 
two million, forty three million, like that. Nobody's going to trade for that, right? No, they're they're going to want to get that down to to you know eighteen to twenty five minimum, right? It's it's top of the line receiver money, but your receiver play, but you're you're paying kind of second tier money, or right? you're going to have what, to do what what uh, the Rams did. And when you traded away Goff, you had to, they had to, like, when Goff was included in the trade, they had to put in extra first round pick because of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and because you're, because the Rams weren't, weren't in a rebuild, they were trying to acquire a quarterback they thought was an upgrade. That makes some sense. But if you're, if you're the Raiders and you're trying to, you're trying to acquire pieces of a rebuild. You're not going to give up that piece. You knowing that you're you're shedding cap, right? You're getting rid of your high end guys. You have the cap room to be able to to pay that extra money a little bit, and and project out how long do we want to be paying this? Because when do we think we can be competitive again? But you're you're essentially if you're trading if you're trading Adams at this point and eating cap money for extra picks without having to trade picks to to cover that cap, what you're saying is we're not going to be competitive for X amount of years. If we if we find money and we get good fast with some young players, that great. But what we're thinking is we're not going to be paying big contracts like this over the next three, four, five years. This is an interesting question too, because I think McDaniel's took this job feeling like they would be a competitive team right now. I think um, Adams did the same thing with the contract. Yeah, you feel like clearly one of two things has happened, right? That. McDaniels got there and looked at the roster or looked at Derek Carr and said, no, nah, this isn't going to work. Or it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a combination of things. It's maybe the fact that there's no depth, no defense, uh, that the situation was more dire and that pit boss, rich and Gruden were able to kind of mask some things a year ago, but they, had depth issues that are starting to come to the surface, and rightfully so, right? All the first-round picks that have been failures over the last five years, all of the draft picks that haven't panned out, all the free agents that haven't panned out, eventually you're standing there with not a lot to work with. And how much of that is on McDaniels? How much of that's on Carr? How much of that's on the old regime? I, I don't really know, but that's clearly, you feel like one of those two things is at work here, and it makes it, it kind of makes this hard to evaluate. Not in the case, I guess, of Zach, who doesn't think Carr is any good. Um, but I guess I come from the camp that says Carr, and I'm not the only one who says this. I've been listening to talking heads over the last three days because when you sit in bed, this is all you do. And there are guys out there like Colin Cowherd, or not that you care about what he says, but a lot of NFL Network guys, too, who say, like, when Carr's right, he's a top 12 guy in the league, and that there's a lot of teams that would want a top 12 guy right now do you, I mean, do you buy that? Do you buy that assessment? Do you think he, I mean, Ryan, I, I know what Zach's going to say, but do you see that too? Or are you down on car as well? I think that, that right now, if you hadn't, if, if I had to take my pick right now, there are only a handful of places that I think he would be a successful quarterback. Uh, I think that his confidence is shot. I think that he's, he's a guy who, who has been just muddling for the last two years. And it's, it's hard to go in and play where you feel like the whole game's on your shoulders because you know that your defense is going to crumble, right? We saw that with Kirk Cousins last year too, right, where you know the relationship with the head coach gets fraught and the, the defense is crumbling and you feel like you've got to make too many plays and now you're making mistakes. That's not a good place for your quarterback to be. So if, if you're going to put him in a, in a spot, I mean, he's kind of got to go to a place where, you know, it's, it's 
it's got to be somewhere that's consistent. It's it's got to be somewhere that's stable, and it's got to be somewhere that's going to be, to utilize the the kind of quarterback that he is, which is kind of an improviser, right? Derek, when Derek Carr's at his best, he's moving around, he's throwing the ball, kind of you know, hip firing it, right? He's he's not really he, he's not Peyton Manning, and we shouldn't pretend that he is. He's not Aaron Rodgers as much as Devontae Adams wants to pretend that he's as good as Aaron Rodgers. It's not he's not the same kind of player, and McDaniel's offense is designed for a very specific style of quarterback play that he's had for the last X amount of years when Tom Brady was there. It's just not – he's not the same kind of player. And and, and I think that it, it was a poor fit when when McDaniels was hired, uh, and and I think that it would be better in a, in a place where he could be a playmaker uh, as opposed to trying to be a guy who has to manage the game. Zach, do you see Derek Carr? I mean, Derek Carr is going to start for somebody next year, we have to think, right? Do you see a logical place for them? And then what do the Raiders want to do? Do the Raiders go for Aaron Rodgers like you kind of were hinting at? Is it a Tom thing? Do they draft a guy? Like, what's their plan here going forward? Because they have to obviously have some plan in the back of their head to make this move. Uh, <laughs> well, I Derek Carr will start for the Colts because that's what the Colts do. And they'll pay him way too much money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, I think that, uh, they're, they're going to be looking to add a veteran quarterback. I, they're, they're in a spot for the draft is not really going to present them one of those top guys. I don't think that goes against Ryan's idea though, of blowing it up, trading all the places and getting all the picks and all that, because you can't bring a vet in for that though. Can you? I mean, you, you may end up in a situation where you're you're seeing a guy like Jarrett Stidham there for a couple of years while you kind of you know try to find the guy. We've seen quarterback teams like this out in the quarterback wilderness for a long time, right? Where you know that they're just you hold on to a guy and, and you don't pay him very much, but maybe he's a guy who can just kind of manage the game, and you hope that you can build something around him, and then you plug in a young quarterback when when you have an opportunity to get one. I just don't know that you're ever going to get the opportunity to to do that i mean the, the thing is right now they're where they're sitting is they're they're kind of a one of these bubble teams where you're not bad enough for it to really help you get better but you're not good enough to to justify keeping everything together right and it's yeah. that's that's a yeah. we saw the vikings there for a decade right? right where they they were just not good enough to uh to to be a playoff you know deep run kind of team but they also weren't bad enough to be getting first, second, third overall picks. And and the Raiders right now are a team that defensively, yeah, I, you'd want one of those picks, right? You'd you're in such a bad place defensively. Yeah, they really stink. some really yeah, we really on the back end and and since the departure of, of a guy like like uh Khalil Mack, and they could pretend Max Crosby's this kind of guy. But really since the departure of Khalil Mack, they haven't had anybody, right? On defense that was like a stud. And, and, the and are, this season really hinged on three games, don't you think, Ryan? Like it really became like, and Zach. Hopefully, we'll get Zach back here in just a second. We lost him here, but hopefully, we'll get him right back. But um, you feel like it hinged on three games, right? I think of the Arizona game. Oh, little Kieran's going to join the pod instead. That's fine. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, we have so at the Arizona game where they're up twenty, they gacked yep. that game away. Yep. The Baker Mayfield game, Baker's been in town six minutes. They gacked that game away. They've got a lead in Jacksonville. They gacked that game away. They lose the Jeff Saturday. So actually, now I'm on four games. This is actually going to be five. They lose the Jeff Saturday. 
And Jeff Saturday's on four game or four days of preparation, a coach that wasn't even in the building, uh, a 29-year-old offensive coordinator who's never called plays before. Um, I mean, all signs were pointing that had to be a W for the Raiders. It wasn't. And then last Saturday in Pittsburgh. Now, granted, there was all the Franco Harris memorial stuff, which was legitimate. I'm not trying to downplay that. But they were up in that game. But they were winning that game, and they should have won it. And all they had to do was hold down Kenny Pickett. You know, hold down Kenny Pickett in a snow game and couldn't do it. So when you start to go back and you see this, you're like, there's five games that they really should have won. Really should have won. And how that changes your season is unbelievable. More specifically, though, if you look just at Arizona, the 20-point game and the Baker Mayfield game, and last Saturday, that's three games. I mean, you flip it, they're nine and six versus six and nine. It's amazing how things can change on just like those small things. Right. So we'll see where they go from here. I'm excited I, I, to find I, out. Yeah, I don't want to make this Raiders talk, but it's like, I mean, this this is a team that has the talent to be good, but they don't have the talent or the coaching to be great. Right? And you're in a division where other than Denver this year, and we thought, you know, Denver was, we thought they were going to be better this oh, year. Oh, we're going to get to them here in a second. Yeah, it's going to be FC West but, talk here for a couple minutes. But, you know, both of these teams, Denver and Vegas, were, were teams that we were talking about. Like the AFC West, we were talking about that as maybe the best division in football this offseason. Yeah, or over our sud- pot, certainly thought so. Right, and suddenly, suddenly you've got the Raiders who look like they're on the cusp of a huge rebuild. Denver, I don't think, is quite there because I think Denver has significantly more talent. Denver's than- in big trouble, I think. Huge trouble. Like, don't you think? I, they're, I don't, be, they're saddled with Russ and no picks. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that they're in huge trouble for a couple of reasons. We can get to them in a second. But yeah, we're going and, we're gonna make that move. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that they're as much of a problem. I'll finish with the Raiders just real quick. All right. Because I know my friend Chris is gonna listen to this. He's he's a huge Raiders guy. So I'll just say this. The Raiders have to rebuild. The it, it's the window for them feels like it's shut and it was maybe really never open to begin with. We all thought it would open at some point and it just never did. It just never materialized. They were looking in a mirror and they thought it was a window. And that was Derek Carr, right? You kind of yep. Derek Carr. Unfortunately, the quarterback does blame, you know, while they get all the credit, they they take all the blame here too. And I don't know if it's that fair, but that's how it goes. All yep. right. Well, we're still waiting on Zach. And he says he'll be back in a minute. I heard from him here just now. So hopefully we'll get him in a second. But first. And there is just like that. I put the Batman sounder up and there's Zach. He's back. Just like that. Um, just in time for us to move to the next segment uh, on the Broncos, the Denver Broncos pop up. Uh, Ryan says, uh, let me see if I can get uh, Zach up and running and get him in the groove here. He's not quite there yet, but we'll see. Uh, I don't have him uh, recording yet, so I will take one second. We'll rejoin this conversation. One second. All right. After a quick technical delay, we're back at it. Now we got to talk about Denver. Yeah. It's over for the uh, Denver Broncos for the season, and it's over for Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, it's all done for Nat Hackett after 15 games. He goes 4-11. Uh, and 11. He's been dismissed, uh, and uh, it was a short-lived uh, coaching run for him. Um, it's not, I mean, 
he deserves some blame here because I don't think he showed he could be a head coach, but this was really an indictment across the board on Wilson and Hackett, right? Or or do you see this another way, Zach? I'll let you start first. Yeah, there's a lot of problems here. I, you know, Hackett, I think, lost this job not because of the not because of the record, but really the way everything went on that final game, right? You had yeah, what a disaster! Guys getting in arguments on the sidelines. You had um, a, a scrum after the game, um, and I think just too many of those things led to okay, it's we got to do this now. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And the problem here is like we we I think we just were ready to touch on this Ryan, um but the problem here is they can't move Russ. Like you can't cut him. You can't trade him. There's nowhere to go here. He has to be the quarterback next season no matter what, and he seems to be at the center of all the problems, not just the coach. I mean, I'll get back to the coach in a second, but let's Russ was Russ was at the center of every single one of these issues for them all season long. The fans hate him. Seems like his teammates don't like him, uh, but they're stuck with him. Yeah, I, I think that you know this is going to be an off season where Russell Wilson is going to kind of have to. He's going to have to do some PR work, I think, to put it to put it nicely. Uh, you come in with the expectations that he had. And, you know, you look at the seasons that he was successful in in Seattle, and we touched on this before, but what made him successful in Seattle is when he had a running game and when he had a defense. And I think Denver's got a decent defense, but they don't have much of a running game, and there's no there's no play action, there's none of that, and he's just not been good when the, when the game's been on his shoulders. Now, I, I think part of that is I don't think Nathaniel Hackett runs a, a, a great offensive system, and it's, it's easy to mask the – Easy to mask the the warts in that system when you've got Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback and it's not really your system that's being run and you're just kind of letting Aaron run the show up in Green Bay and you get a job in Denver and come down and it shows that you were just a guy on the Green Bay staff and and Rodgers may have liked you but you're not what was you're not the guy that was running the show in Green Bay and you know I think that if you're if you're Denver what you need is you need to find a guy who can come in and run your scheme, you know, run a decent scheme, and knows how to coach an offense and and run the show uh, and and kind of let let Russ do his thing on the field without having to be what we know as Russell Wilson in Denver now. And then you have to have a defensive coach who can continue to grow that defense and get their young talent uh, kind of growing into the system there because they do have a really a, a really good defense. They have a talented defense. They get a defensive the coordinator. He's a young, yep. young, hot candidate. A lot of people really like him. For sure. Now, I know he was the head coach there, but it makes some sense if he's going to go with Sean Payton that Vic Fangio would come back and, and you could talk about a Fangio defense with Sean Payton at, at – at head coach. Uh, but then you got a whole lot of personalities in one room. Uh, and, and that we've seen that that can blow up, that can blow up too. And but. the D coordinator they have right now might be better than Vic Fangio. So like we can't, I, I wouldn't rule out that guy, but I do agree with you on this. And Zach, I'll bring you in for that. The veteran, uh, veteran coach, right? You can't hire another offensive coordinator. Can you, I mean, don't you need to pursue either a Sean Payton or a Frank Reich. I know he just recently got fired, but you need to pursue a, an offensive veteran head coach for this job right now, don't you? I, I think they have to go veteran as well. 
Frank Reich's an interesting name. Um, I don't think Sean Payton would be interested. Mm. Like, I what's there to entice him? Do- well, I mean, Jerry Judy. I mean, uh, Cortland Sutton. Good wide receivers, but no draft picks. There's no picks. You don't. You I mean you have Russ, who is aging and not great. And let's be honest here. This is this is what that Peyton just went through, right? He had an aging quarterback. And they had kept kicking the can down the road, and they were trying to find ways to stay competitive. And does he want to do that again, or does he have another plan? Mm. There's, uh, I was just there's, there's two names that I would throw out there if it's not Sean Payton for me, because you're right. There's this is not going to be a premier job because of the lack of picks, because you're kind of stuck with the roster you have. I'd throw out Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, who I think is is showing that he's he's at least decent at helping out you know to kind of do the Kevin O'Connell thing to to uh um Nick Sirianni, Sirianni yeah Sirianni's uh, kind of McVay right or you could go defensive and kind of double down on what you're already good at and and go with D'Amico Ryans who is a culture guy who is you know he he's done something great with that that 49ers defense right i mean that there's there are there's a couple of different ways you can go with that. That's that's an interesting theory because D'Amico Ryans has been used to being in a position where his defense needs to really carry the load. Mm. Um, and he might be able to pick up a couple of these guys and then make right, – right. I mean, he, he might be able to put an offensive coordinator in there that will protect the ball – That'll let Russ, you know, hand it off a lot, but then hit a couple and play really good defense. I mean, maybe that's the way they should go. I, that's a good theory that I hadn't thought of. That actually, I do like that one too. And I was thinking you need a veteran head coach, and I'm going to stand by that first. I think you definitely got to call Sean Payton and be told no. I think that's, I mean, it's not about money. The Walmart guys who bought that place, the Walton Penner Group, that, they will I'm have no problems, I think, spending what they need to spend to bring in a head coach. Um, they got to be I think they got to be told no by Peyton first. But if I am going to hire a guy with no head coaching experience, it's going to be D'Amico Ryans before it's Shane Steichen. That's just me because Ryans at least has done now this for a couple of years. He's built uh, some equity as a D coordinator. Yeah, he's been a D coordinator for what, two, three years. I mean, how long has Salah been out? Salah's been out two years in New York. And so. I think D'Amico makes a lot of sense here. Um, I'd like to see him either get this job or get another job, but I, I think you got to be told no by Sean Payton first. Well, and, and we're kind of seeing, too, the trend is moving not so much with, you know, not just young guys, right? Not just young head coaches, but we're seeing this kind of rash of, of head coaches or, or, you know, position coaches, uh, coordinators who are former players in the NFL. That matters, right? I think. And, I think it does. And, you know, D- D'Amico Ryans played on, on in Houston when Houston wasn't very good, and he was one of the better guys on that defense for a long time. He has seen the bottom, right? And now he's on a team where he's kind of seen the top, where San Francisco is one of the best teams in the NFL. they got one of the best rosters in the NFL. He's He knows the bottom. He knows the top. He knows how to kind of navigate the space in between. He's an interesting pick, I think, for a team that kind of needs – they need some culture, right? You don't look at Nathaniel Hackett and think, this is a culture guy. This is a guy who's going to bring in you know, some, some 
you know, good energy. This is not a guy who's going to come in and, and, you know, light the room on fire where, you know, like Sean Payton for all his faults, Sean Payton in new Orleans, where they had the smoke and the lights and the music after every win. And they were celebrating, just beating the hell out of Atlanta. And you look at, you know, Dennis Allen now, and the, just a bunch of guys sitting around waiting to go home. That stuff matters in a football locker room and getting those guys juiced, getting those guys ready to play, knowing that you can have that culture of guys who are ready to go to war every game. D'Amico Ryans understands that and he understands what it takes in the NFL. And we see that with Dan Campbell. We see it with Kevin O'Connell. These guys who have been in NFL locker rooms as players know the kind of culture that wins. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic to watch, I think. But I think that D'Amico Ryans is the next guy there. That's interesting. We'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, I think that I like that. I mean, I like the thought. What if I go defense and go Zim? <laughs> He's already in Colorado. Doesn't is he on move. Coach Prime staff? Is he on Coach Prime staff? I didn't know that. He's an advisor, I think. Oh, is he? Yep. I didn't know that. Ooh. Not no, 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 no. You can't can't do that. Although Clint Kubiak's already there, they got a vibe. George George Payton's the GM. He knows uh, it. Uh, look at this. Oh no, Denver. You know it would only be fitting. It would only be fitting. I'll tell you that. That would be too delicious. God, how much? How much would Zimmer hate Russell Wilson? Oh God, he'd hate his guts. He he would hate his guts. Although he likes the idea of winning thirteen to ten games, so it'd be perfect for him. I mean, that's uh, it'd be ideal. That's true. That's true. No offense. Just yeah, no, take just, away all just the offense. The defense. That's all it is. That's all people want to watch. That's it. No doubt about it. Right. Yeah, Kieran agrees. Kieran I know. Agree. I know. I hear him back there. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, I, I'm fascinated to watch Denver the rest of the year. Uh, obviously, the blowout is what would kind of led to that. But I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays itself out. The one thing that they do need to close this thought is the head coach has to be strong enough to go to Russell Wilson and say, hey, you know the office that the previous organization promised you? Yeah, that's out. Yeah, you don't get an office anymore. And you don't get your own personal locker room anymore. That's out. Now you have to dress with everybody else on the team. Sorry, that's how this goes. And uh, no no, no extra parking spots on game day. You got to park where everybody else parks. I'm sorry. You're just one of the guys going forward. And that's hey, that. You need to coach strong enough to do that. I don't want to take a hard left turn here, but I think we got to start calling this Dak Sember. Uh, oh, stop! Just it. just no. for the picks, the, just so that the discount picks he's throwing tonight. I mean, this is that he is falling apart in December, except for last week. I thought he played well he, last week. He is he has just not played well outside of the Eagles game. He has not played well this month. But what is the score right now? Can I get a score update? Ten six and half. Oof, Jesus. Yeah, Dallas, listen, like half the it's a, that's half the roster is a high school roster tonight. Like like seriously, half the Titans aren't playing. He's they got two to, picks and a fumble at halftime. They need to win that game by 20 points. There were 12 and a half point favorites heading in. They still may. I mean, and they still may. They're a better second half. I mean, you know McCarthy. He likes to really make those adjustments and move the chess pieces at the half. He'll be all right. I have no doubt about that. All right, guys. I wanted to chat with you a little bit while we have our final segment before we get to predictions. Um, there are a lot of free agent quarterbacks this offseason. I don't know if you guys looked at the list. I'm going to run through the list of free agent quarterbacks. Now, they're not all good, right? They're not all good. Some of them are bad. And there's even more than this. But I wanted to add the guys who are kind of starters right now and add some fringe guys. Let me know if any of these guys do anything for you. And what would you pay to get them? Tom. 
Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Jimmy G, Teddy, Danny Dimes, Mike White, Taylor Heineke, Lamar Jackson, Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett, Geno Smith, Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco. Basically, all these guys I mentioned have started games this year. With the exception of Mason, uh, Mason Rudolph's on this list too, and I, uh, uh, Case Keenum I don't think has actually started a game this year. But everybody else on this list has started a game or two this year. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of guys who have been playing and starting. Teddy's starting this weekend for Miami. It's a lot of dudes that are going to potentially be moving this offseason. Potentially. Not everybody, right? Because a lot of people think Danny Dimes is going back to New York. Uh, but when you hear those names, anybody stick out? Zach, what do you think? Well, I think the best name on that list is Lamar Jackson, but I don't know that I want to pay what it's going to take to get him. Because he, he wants fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson money. That's what and he said he wants. And wanted. I don't know that he's going to hit the market either, right? This might be a franchise tag or two in you know coming here for him. I, I, have- I, would, I would not be surprised to see them tag him and then trade him. Yeah, it's... It- it- I, I don't know that I would want to pay him that much. Um, that what he wants long term guaranteed, and I mean, here's the deal: he what it like? Yes, he has an MVP, right? He had a phenomenal season, but they've really struggled to put anything together yep. um, in terms of postseason success. And and I do think he can be successful, right? I think that narrative yeah. that they can't win has been a little bit overblown. I think he's one of the few guys in the league who can win a game by himself. But but to me, if if you add him, how many teams would have to completely redesign what they're doing? I think a lot. That's a good question. Yeah, could he walk into Houston? I'm not saying he'll go to Houston, but or or Miami. Let's just say Miami. Let's say Tua can't play and Tua hangs it up. For whatever reason, or he's really, you know, they're very concerned about the concussion stuff. Yep. What if Lamar goes there? Does Mike McDaniel have to just completely reinvent the whole timing, you know, over the middle slant and go kind of offense? Or can Lamar, do you have faith Lamar could run that? Could you imagine running read option with Lamar Jackson in that offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the outside? It sounds darn scary, but but yeah, does it work? I mean, could he could he even execute that though? I mean, like, the big thing know. in Miami is going to be the money because you have to pay all those weapons too. You well, have already to paid Tyreek. Yeah, but you you're going to have to pay for your defense, right? That's a, you've got to upgrade pieces on defense because the concern for them has been the defensive secondary. They have not been able to stop anybody. Yeah, right. But even if it's not them, okay, if it's not Miami, let's just throw out another team that might be in the market. Right, another team that might, um, maybe it's, maybe it's Arizona. No, it's probably not Arizona. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas. What if it's say, Vegas? There's a team out there that's got a lot of money that is looking to replace their quarterback right now. That thinks they can win because they got a great wide receiver. Uh, Vegas starts to make some sense if you're Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, and that's big city, right? It's it's yep. it's big brand stuff. If he's out in Vegas, it's big brand. It's you know he can be really marketable out there on the strip. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it it'd be a gamble, but that's not exactly uh, it's Vegas. What are you talking about? It's, I don't know if it would work out there in Vegas for him, but I mean that that it seems to me that that would be a good like financial fit. They'd be able to pay him. I'm just so so Lamar is interesting. Zach, what do you think about so I you call him Noodle Arm? Tom, I think wants to play next year. I get the vibe that Tom's not done. That he wants to play somewhere next year. I don't think he wants to play in Tampa, obviously, because I don't think he's a huge fan of the of the dead guy that's coaching the team right now. Um, but I think he wants to go somewhere and I don't know if he can go to Miami because Miami's already paid for tampering charges. There forfeited their first round pick this year for it. Does there, is there a market for Tom? I, somebody will sign him. I don't know if, if it's a prudent move, but I mean, they'll definitely, I mean, he's, he's definitely somebody will take him, right? Could you could you see him on the Jets? I can't because of the relationship with Kraft. I don't think he'd want to do that to Kraft. Although, do I think he'd want to play Belichick twice a year? Maybe. Like, imagine him him in that offense. That's a that's a scary offense with a decent quarterback. Uh, Maybe Tom Brady and the New York. They would feel gross. It'd be like it's like watching Favre in a Vikings jersey. It just feels weird. Seeing Tom Brady in a Jets uniform, I, I don't know if I'd like that so much. The the name that that I think sticks out to me more than more than anyone else in this list for a couple of reasons is Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he. I think if you put him in a in a decent in a decent system that's not Cleveland or Carolina, he's shown that you know he can be a decent quarterback. Uh, you're not going to have to pay a ton for him, and and. LA may decide to keep Baker Mayfield. He's only 27 years old, right? He's not, they're, he, they're not paying him a ton of money right now, and they're not going to have to pay him a ton of money. And some of that and, might depend on if McVay wants to coach there next year. That's true too. But I mean, a, a couple of different landing spots might mix, might make sense for, for him, depending on who the coach is in Indianapolis. He might be a guy that Indy decides to go after. You oh, think about sounds it. Sounds like an Indy guy too, doesn't he? <laughs> it does. A re, retread veteran guy, not very much money. He's not 36 years old and throwing 40 interceptions a year, but you know that's. I think Indy could take or leave those two things. Uh, you know, Vegas is is an interesting idea for someone like Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I think that you know you, you start to think about some 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 places where he could go, where maybe he's the heir apparent in in some of these places. Uh, Tampa Bay, <laughs> if if Tom's gone, Baker might make sense in Tampa. Uh, maybe even uh, like throwing it out there if if minnesota wanted to sign him as a backup for when kirk is gone you sign him to a long-term deal and you're the hey kirk this is kirk's last year you're that you're the guy next year hey you know, what does about, he take that deal what about lamar jackson zach to tampa bay after tom leaves and you go godwin evans lamar jackson eh? Eh. And, eh. <laughs> i don't know i <laughs> Tampa feels old everywhere. They do. They feel like they're like once Tom leaves, you feel like they got to gut the whole operation. I mean, playoff Lenny and 
he's he's old and he's lost a step and I don't they know. Gotta- they got to move the team to St. Pete Beach and just set up shop there and just go eat at Margaritaville. And that's the that's your concession stand. And I, I do I do think Baker Mayfield will get a shot somewhere. Um, oh, 100%. I think he will. And, and part of that being the successes that he's had with the Rams here. Yeah, McVay has proven that I think with a good scheme and a good coach, he, he doesn't even have great weapons around him right now, but a good right. coach with a good scheme and he can execute. And that's uh, Baker has bought himself a lot of goodwill. I also think, you know, he showed up with the right attitude. He wasn't a diva. He took a deal. He showed up and he showed up ready to play. I give him a lot of credit for how he's comported himself in LA. Like, I think he's done a really good job of like showing up and being professional and like doing the, and that stuff matters. Like that stuff really matters. He could end up being the next kind of uh, Jacoby Brissett or Tyrod Taylor. Where he's just good enough, like to like, right? They're around. He's gonna start for a year. He'll be a backup here. He'll move somewhere else. He'll start a couple games. He'll back up. I I can see him. He's the table setter for the next franchise guy. Yeah, and I I could see so, um, maybe that's in Houston. Oh, right. I mean, Houston's gonna draft someone, but they may not want to start him right away. Right? There's always that debate. Yep. Though we've definitely trended towards play him right away, right? That's been the if if he's a number one pick, like right. certainly if you're first pick of the draft, like if you're the eighth pick in the draft, okay, we can let him sit. But if you go number one, you're Trevor Lawrence, whatever, you've got to play right away. Like that's throw, I think the rule. Let's throw let's throw another team out there that we may not have considered yet. What about Baker Mayfield to the Green Bay Packers? No, kind of sit I, there for just sit for a couple of years, no. build the team around him. No, insert See, new quarterback behind him. See, I think I think they have made the decision because I think somebody I don't know if Peter King mentioned this or Florio or somebody, but Zach, I and I don't know, maybe you agree. Do you think that they made the decision on Rodgers like weeks ago, and that's why they didn't go to Jordan Love because they feel content that Love will be the starter next year and Rodgers will leave at the end of this year, and they don't need to see Jordan Love like he's going to start and that's it. Is that do you think that's it? I, I don't know that that's necessarily it. I I 100% think that they thought what what has happened was possible, right? That they could keep winning and they could play their way way back into it and he gave them the best shot for it. Hmm. You know, I I I don't I don't see Baker Mayfield's not going to come to Green Bay. Because if Green Bay is going to make if Green Bay is going to make a quarterback change to love, they're not going to have someone there looking over his shoulder. That people would call for, which yep. is why like a guy like Mike White wouldn't get a look there either. Correct. They they would go sign Kirk Benkert again and have him back up. Right. If that, I think that I think that's true. And if and if they're going to stay with Rodgers then they're not going to invest money in the backup quarterback. Right. They're going to right they'll they'll trade love and they'll still draft someone in the 4th round or they'll bring back Benkert or whatever. And Zach or Ryan the other part of this too when you start start doing all the quarterback carousel stuff. We start doing all of this is the quarterbacks that are going to get cut and traded. We mentioned Derek Carr. 
We mentioned I think Zach Wilson's going to get moved in the offseason. Somebody's going to somebody's going to get him. And I've actually said this to you a couple of times. I've yet to get you to really commit to it, but I'm going to do it again. Vikings trade for Zach Wilson, fifth round pick, who says no? I think right now if 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 I had to pick right now, I'd say the Vikings say no to that. I I think that I God, I don't it's a tough one with him because he the 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 red flags for him have all been attitude, but at the same time we've seen a lot of guys that get the spotlight shine on them in a place like New York. Yeah, and, he's from freaking and, Utah. Like and, we, I mean, and they he, just they just can't they just can't swing. Uh maybe if you put him into a smaller market, it's it's more successful for him. But man, I don't know. I, I just he's got a big arm. And and I just don't think he has any sense, and I think that that's that's the big knock on him is he just doesn't he just doesn't read defenses he just kind of wings the ball and it ends up where it ends up and that's not what you want out of a out of a franchise quarterback. But if he can sit for a couple of years and just kind of get his feet under him, we we've, we've seen what uh, uh, you know, what Kevin O'Connell's been able to do with with Kirk Cousins who. You know, was an efficient quarterback, but wasn't a guy who was going to roll the roll the dice a bunch. And suddenly, he's a clutch quarterback and able to drive down the field a bunch and, and win these games. I, I mean, it makes some sense. I just don't know that I want to give up a pick for it when I'm looking at this free agent list and thinking I could get a guy who's better on that list. It's a good question. That's a good point too, right? If you can spend, don't not not spend the pick and maybe add Case Keenum or add Joe Flacco or add Gardner Minshew or add Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush was winning games for the Dallas Cowboys this year. He's a he's a decent backup quarterback who you're not you don't have to pay a ton of money to and he's you're not he's not going to be your starter, but he's a guy who can who can hold the game down for you. So there's I'm fascinated by this list. I I am interested in Danny Dimes. I think he goes back to New York. Jimmy G is out there too, right? Is that any interest in Jimmy G somewhere? Does Jimmy G make sense? And what happens if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl? Does that throw Tom out the window to San Francisco? Uh, I mean, what does that do to Trey Lance? Like, Brock Purdy's the cat's ass right now. Can that change at a moment's notice if they win the Super Bowl? So I'll say this. I think I think Jimmy G will end up somewhere, right? His And he'll start somewhere. Oh, His he'll record- start somewhere? Yes, his record, wow. his record has been too good to not get right. a chance somewhere. Right. Um, unless he, and I can't imagine him doing it, but unless he decided to go somewhere and back up someone that's really good, I, I, don't, I can't see him not starting somewhere. Um, the second piece to that is uh, I think you have to be really skeptical Trey Lance ever doing anything in this league. Yeah, it's going to be four years. He's played like four games in four years. Like you can't, you just can't take that much time off. There's no way. Right. And um, he's, the injury is a significant one too. Yep. And I just don't know that it's going to happen for him. Right. It just, it's unfortunate, right. It's a part of <laughs> that, you know, the year that we all went through in sports and, but then he's had injury, he's had bench. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know that you're going to get what you wanted out of him. And that's really going to be a story next year. If he's not starting. 
And Purdy's the media darling out there now, too. The fans love him. The team seems to love him. And yeah, absolutely. He's winning games and he's doing exactly what Shanahan wants him to do. And the fans have rallied around him and the team looks like they've rallied around him. And that's where like all this Tom to San Francisco stuff, I'd pull up short because if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, he's got to start next year. He's got to be the guy. They, you couldn't tolerate it any other way. That's it's also Are, a, a we're a long ways from him winning the Super Bowl. No, that's yeah. true too. That's very fair. Very fair. But even, even if he gets the NFC title run, game, even on a deep run, you've got to remember that before his last year in college, Brock Purdy was named up there with with some of the better quarterbacks in that draft class. And then he had a bad year at Iowa State, and suddenly he's off the board, right? I mean, that, that it's a it was a, de- a, a steep fall for him. But it can be with quarterbacks. But he's showing why he was in that conversation for a good chunk of his college career. He's just he's he's a decent football player. He's good. I just don't know that he's he's a guy that I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. And, and, the Vi- and look, the path to the NFC title game is going to be easy because the Packers are going to beat the Vikings in round one. Like, I'm very concerned about this. Like, this is a legitimate problem here, and I, I'm very concerned. Very co- If the Vikings do not take it seriously and win this weekend, it's over. They're losing in round one to Green Bay. Book it. They may not even, but if they lose, they may not even end up as the two seed. Aha! Ooh, that, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the chess they're playing. They're like, okay, Green Bay, you can get in the playoffs. We'll play New York as the three seed. Yeah, <laughs> would be that. That is three dimensional chess, like at a different level, completely right there. Before before we move on to off of quarterbacks here, there's one other <laughs> name out there as a guy that I'm watching here. I still love Gardner Minshew. I I yeah, like you Gardner too. Minshew a lot. I think he's a good quarterback. I think that he's a guy that can step in and play for you. Uh, I I just I like I like the guys who just rip it, and he's a guy that just rips it, and. Uh, you know, I'm 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 here for it. I don't think you'd have to pay a ton for him, but man, I'd love to see him get a chance. And I think if you put him in, I think if you put him in some midwestern team, like I don't want to, I hate to keep piling on Zach's team here, but if you put him in Green Bay, tell me you can't see him as a guy that's after the game holding the case of Miller Light and driving around in the back of a truck after a game. If they lose, I, I can't because that would be no good. Uh... <laughs> just the. Just strikes me as that kind of guy. He just he just fit in well with the kind of culture that they have in Green Bay. Just a good gunslinger. Fits in better in Detroit. Detroit. Maybe. That's Dan Campbell's guy. That's what that would be. Oh, Dar- Gardner Minshew and Dan Campbell would be a disgusting combination of quarterback and coach. No, I don't Especially even. Especially if they start winning games. I don't even want to think about it. I'll be honest with you. Hey, let's talk. Uh, let's go to the prediction segment. We've had enough nonsense. Anything? Oh, any? Oh, uh, one final thing. I, I have to. We have to kind of talk about this. Um, Tua, in concussion mm-hmm. protocol, volunteered himself there like it wasn't a – it appears they said that the injury or the moment where he started to maybe maybe possibly sustain this potential concussion uh, was in like the second quarter of the Packers game. Some people are saying like, well, maybe that might mean like, hey, what we saw in the second half might have been a concussed to a, uh, to a tag of Viola. I don't know. Um, that's hard to say, but I guess Zach, this is at least, they say this is two, but this, we clearly think this is three concussions for Tua in one season. That's, that's not good. That's bad news. Yeah. He, there, there needs to be some serious talk here about, um, a backup plan. Yes. And, and 
let's also talk here too. They have really fallen off. Yes. Right. They are at eight and seven. And he's fallen off too in but general. He, right. And uh, I think that the questions about quarterback are going to come up again. Um, yep. And they're going to see, you know, as much as Mike McDaniels can show as many highlights of him as he wants. Yep. Um, but they're going to have to he can walk around and be funny and be witty. Right. They're going to have to figure out pretty quick here um, what they're doing. Because here's the thing. They're, they're not in a spot where they can draft someone. Right. They think they can be competitive right now. Yep. And they're going to be back in the later portion of the draft. So they're going to, they're going to have have no first round pick. They lost that pick in the tampering thing. That was their punishment. So nothing. And, and, and so they're not even going to pick until right 40. Yeah. Um, And so I think they're going to really have to evaluate and consider like, do we need one of those guys we mentioned as the backup or maybe even as the starter. We don't, you know, yeah, we don't they, know. They like, can't bring, I mean, they can keep Teddy as the bat. I mean, you can't count on Teddy next year to be your guy. I mean, obviously we know that that's not an option. Teddy's a good backup, but he um, also has concussion issues. Yeah, he sure does. I mean, so like, I don't know. And the problem here too, is you have the reason why you were able to pay Tyree kill. And the reason why you were able to go get some of the guys that you were able to go get was because Tua was on a rookie deal. And now you might have to pay a premium at that position, which you do have to pay Jalen Waddle in three years or two years. You're going to have to pay, you know, some of these other pieces. How does that come together as well? I think that's something we need to see. Now, obviously, they're not going to. I don't think they want. I don't think they want to cut bait here on Tua. I don't think they do. But I think Tua might have to cut bait on Tua. Three concussions in a year is a lot. That's a lot for your brain to withstand. And I don't know, and I'm not a neurosurgeon. I'm not anybody like that. I don't know enough. But I just think you can't take many more hits to your squash and function as as an adult, right? I mean, I I'm get, I get very concerned when you start to see those types of things. I, I know you just mentioned paying Waddle, too, and I just want to mention this. Maybe we can talk about this next week or on a different podcast, but the – the question that I have is you have the the receiver market being what it is, right? Obviously, Justin Jefferson's just going to get a bananas contract next year, right? Just, just bananas. It's going to be insane the money he gets. But you look around and you see the level of talent that's running around at wide receiver. At what point does the market come down because teams look around and say, you know what? You're not Justin Jefferson, but... I can build. I can take three guys and get Justin Jefferson's production out of you for half the money. At what point do we start looking at guys, at teams trying to moneyball their receiver situation because of the level of talent we're seeing at the position? I'm sure that'll probably have to happen if because you can't have everything. It's just like we say in fantasy football in the auction draft, right? You can have anything you want. You just can't have everything you want, and you have to decide: do you have Patrick Mahomes or don't you? And that's what the Chiefs did. They said, we got Patrick Mahomes and we'll get somebody else to replace Tyreek Hill. And they did. I think the other part of that that you need to really consider is that the cap is going to keep going up. Yeah. Yep. Right? We just got another huge NFL ticket deal. Yeah. How many of us are moving to YouTube TV next year? Uh, That'd be me. That would be me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's a huge deal for them. Way cheaper than Sling. Yeah, so I think that that's something that you really need to um, 
think about as well is that, and and I and I have to reflect on that too with the quarterback stuff. When I keep talking about not paying quarterbacks, yeah, right. You know, paying twenty five million isn't that bad, all things considered. But right, you know, eight is still a lot less than twenty five. That is very true, very true. Ryan, do you think the Tua thing ends? I mean, do you think? How about this? Maybe a quick answer from both guys. Does Tua play next year? Yeah. I I mean I think yes until we until we hear otherwise yet to anticipate that he's playing. But like I said, I think you need to start thinking about what your plan is if he can't. Because if he Next cannot, question. yeah. Oh, go ahead. And you think you have this team that's ready to go, right? It's uh it's malpractice to not have a backup plan. I think if you're if you're Miami, you have to make a serious run at Lamar Jackson. I, I the amount of I know it's going to take a lot of money, but like Zach said, the, if the cap's going up, and you can lock up that kind of co- that kind of quarterback with the players around you that you have, then that I, I think that if if you have the issues you have with Tua right now, if he gets concussion four and five next season. We're not having this conversation. We're talking. Which we about think how is right. likely, right? As Chris, as Chris Nowinski has said many times, like as you as the concussions mount, they're easier to get. And if he's if he's self-reporting, that means he's thinking about it, right? Right. If he's self-reporting, this is that means that he is pulling himself out of play and saying, "I got to think about me, and I'm not right." And I I got to protect myself here. And if he's already thinking that on concussion three of this year, not talking about potential concussions previously, if he's already thinking about, you know, I got to protect me. If he gets another one next year, he may retire midseason. Now I know that's extreme, and I'm, I'm probably it's hard, probably hyperbole to say that. But this but, is like Andrew Luck, though, right? Andrew Luck just said that in his article, like that big long Seth Wickersham article that I read on Andrew Luck. That basically Luck said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like he got to like a thousand injuries, not concussions, but it was just injury after injury after injury after injury and missing time and rehabbing that eventually it wore on his mental health. It wore on his on his relationships with people. And that's why he retired and he retired young. And the problem here is Tua hasn't gotten paid yet. Like he got that rookie contract. He's probably fine. He'll do fine. But like at least Andrew got some big money first before before that happened. But I don't know what Tua is going to do. Next question: Yes or no? Does Tua start in Miami next year? Yes or no? I, I Zach, think, what do you think? I think he does. Okay. I think until until someone says otherwise, um, that's this is Miami's plan. You have to plan to have him as the guy. Yes. Now. Right. The stuff that's going to be interesting is he is, you know, one year left on his contract. Right. And, you know, Ryan mentions there might be other avenues people want to explore. And then there's going to be different teams who value him differently. Um, right. Whether A, they think he can be a quarterback and B, the injury risk that's there. Um, I don't know. I would be reluctant you know like let's let's say i'm let's say i'm baltimore and i want to we'll do a tag and trade sure um do i want to a back in that deal 
It's a great question. I mean, he probably he probably let me let me rephrase that. He's he'll be a part of that deal, regardless. But if I'm Baltimore, do I consider him an asset in that deal? You know, what and I mean? do I make long term commitments? Like, am right. I trying? Do I or do I create an incentive laden million out clause contract? And will to assign that? Correct. That's also I, fair. I think that I think to a. My opinion, I think Tua is going to retire this year. Wow. So Zach says, yes, he starts in Miami. Ryan says, no, he retires. I think if he's already thinking about it, I think he's close to already having made that decision. Wow. Yeah, this is great. I I want to follow this further. Uh, Definitely want to follow this further. I don't think, obviously, he's not playing this weekend. That's Teddy. Uh, If they make the playoffs, we'll see. Let's to be continued. We're going to monitor that situation and we're going to watch it. All right. Prediction segment, gentlemen. Ryan took the lead last week, 39 and 31 on the season. Zach and I are 38 and 32. I had a bad week. I went two and three, although I did nail the Giants one perfectly. I said Danny Dimes would throw for 300 yards and that the Vikings would win by a field goal late. I called that. So I give myself that one, but I wasn't good the rest of it. Wasn't good. We all got the Detroit. The Detroit game was just that one screwed us. That was a bad game. That was bad, bad, bad. All right, let's start at the top. Uh, Carolina is playing for their playoff lives, and they're on the road at Tom in Tampa Bay minus three. Tampa Bay is favored minus three. I don't know how you can watch last Sunday's game on Christmas night against Arizona and have any confidence in what Tampa's doing. Um, but there they are, three-point favorites. Uh, we're losing, Ryan, so I'm going to start with Zach first. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Um, it, it seems weird to sit here and look at Tampa Bay and say they have probably the better coach, the better quarterback, um, and the better defense. I think they've got all three, right? Um but I don't know that they win that uh, quarterback or coach conversation with many teams. Um, so I'll go. I'll go Tampa Bay. I just I can't bet against Tom right now. Um, you know, as much as I like to call him a noodle arm and get you going about him, <laughs> uh, you know, when it comes to my my pocketbook, I will uh, back him. Tom's gonna play hero ball here. I definitely agree with you. I think Tom wins this game. Uh, it's not going to be pretty because Tom can't seem to get it going until like the fourth quarter, but he can summon it for like two or three drives a game. And if the defense can hang around, they can win it. And I think Tampa wins this game, not by a lot. Might be your classic 17-14 kind of game. Pretty ugly, nasty, um, but one that they can win. Give me Tampa to win and cover. Ryan. Uh, I go the other way. I think Carolina is playing decent football. I think that defensively they've stepped up. Their running game looks really good. Tampa, is. this is a momentum pick for me. I'm going to take Carolina to win this game. We just talked Miami. Miami is at New England in a game that both teams have to have. It's a loser leaves town, basically. Um, New England is a three-point favorite. That's after the Tua news. They're still three. They're just three-point favorites, uh, but – you can't look at Mac Jones and feel real good about that situation either. So Ryan, I'll give you the first look at this one, Miami, New England. Yeah, this one's uh this is an interesting game, I think. 
I think at home in December, in you know, I I gotta go with New England here. Uh, I think speed gets negated in the cold. I don't think that a backup quarterback going into New England is going to be super successful. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Patriots here. Yeah, I think I think I'm also gonna lean with with Bill being able to do enough defensively to uh, give Teddy problems, and so I will take I will take New England. I think that loss to Green Bay was a real deflator, just in general. I think that was a tough loss to take, considering they were winning that game, you know, for a fair amount of it, right? Didn't they have a 2010 lead in the third quarter? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here, Zach. Oh, no, it was 2010 late in the half, and they allowed Green Bay to get a field goal on a fumble late, made it 2013, and I thought that really swung the momentum of the game because they had the ball, and they were moving, and they thought, man, if you could score here, get up 23-10, 2710, that might be curtains for Green Bay. Instead, it goes back the other way. They lose it. Two was really bad in the second half. But I also think the two and news serves as an emotional letdown as well here. So I'm with y'all. I think New England wins this game. They figure it out, especially uh, the Mac Jones. Although Mac's got to be better. Mac Jones has been such a weird guy to watch the last few weeks. Uh, he's coming, he's becoming the dirtiest player in the game, according to some NFL people, which is silly talk, but I get it. You know, but I'll give me New England to win this game. All right. The one we've been watching. And I know we'll take an extra minute on this one. The Minnesota Vikings are on the road at the Green Bay Packers, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, which thank God it wasn't last Saturday or last Sunday when it was minus 30 out there with wind chills. It's actually half decent. 30-some degrees sounds like the kickoff temp. It's a far cry from Zach and Ryan's uh, voyage out to Lambeau Field last year. This game matters, and it's not going to be as cold. And Green Bay is playing playoff football, winning a couple games in a row now. They're on a run. Ryan? Uh, As much as I would love to sit here and, and talk shit about Green Bay, they're playing well. Do we have an update on on the Christian Watson injury? Do we know how he's doing? Let's talk to the owner, Zach. Um, he did not practice yesterday, and Aaron didn't practice today. I don't think as well. Um, but I think that's uh, precautionary stuff. I think that's precautionary. That's, it stuff, sounds though. like it sounds like um he did, he did not practice today, but they're talking that he may not practice all week and still play. Was was okay. what the, what they said at the press conference today? Okay. Um. Yeah, it's it's tough, but I'm I think I'm gonna go. Man, you just can't bet against Minnesota this year. They just seem to find a way every week. Can't bet against Minnesota. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Take the Vikings. I will. Minnesota I will take to Green win Bay. and cover. I will take Green Bay. Uh, I feel like they're they're winning games right now. And they're not playing their best yet. They still That's haven't true. played their best game. Um, and I just I continue to think that you're playing these coin flips, right, Zach? Like the Vikings have won. They've played in 11 one-possession games this year, 12 one-possession games this year, and they've won all of them. Which is, hey, again, we've said it 100 times on this pod. You do not have to apologize for winning these games. And I'm not asking them to. But the law of averages tells you that you cannot win all of these coin flip games 
all the time. Like eventually this is going to fall the other way. I expect this to be a close game. I don't think Green Bay can blow out the Vikings under any circumstances. But I also don't think the Vikings can blow out the Packers. And that means we're playing another one-score game. And what are the odds that the Vikings can win another one-score game and with playoff stress on the road in cold weather? I think that's the question. Right? Yeah, I just think that Green Bay's been playing well right now. And, and Minnesota, we, we know... We know what their flaws are, right? And they- Jeez, whose dog? Oh, that was Zach's dog. Yeah, I, Zach's Over right. I mind. mean, you, you can't, you can't, you can't overstate how bad Minnesota's pass defense has been. Um, I mean, Green Bay is that's that's the strength of their team right now, right? I mean, Rogers is this kind of short to mid range passing game with a couple of deep shots a game. I don't trust Minnesota really to, to cover that. But what I, I think the bigger issue for me right now, if I'm thinking about this game, is, man, I don't know if I can trust Green Bay's defense to contain the Vikings. That's fair, right? too. It's is Very fair. Justin Jefferson is a man possessed right he now. He doesn't appear He's, to be guardable right now. I agree with you. Does he, not appear to be guardable. And, and the other thing to consider is this is a team that I know Indianapolis isn't good. You came back from 33 points down in the NFL, right? Yep. And, you know, they, they played a close game last week against a, a New York Giants team who I don't think we think is great, but they're a decent team. They're decent. They're not good. They're Danny decent. Danny Duffy's defense for like 320, though, and Danny doesn't yeah, do that to anybody. Doesn't do that Vikings to anybody. Defense. It's the Vikings defense, right? It's it's not Danny Dimes. It's the Vikings defense. And we know what Aaron Rodgers can do against the Vikings. So it's it's – I'll, I think take Green Bay, I'll take Green Bay to cover here, by the way. I think Green Bay covers this three points. So I, I think that that means they have to win by more than a field goal or at least a field goal to push this thing. I think Green Bay will win this game, though, because the Vikings this, have to lose a coin flip occasionally. Like, they have to. This and to I almost think they like, should. This, to me, feels like a game that's going to come down to a Kirk Cousins final drive, does the magic run out this game kind of thing, where, you know, Green Bay's up four. Can Kirk get them in the end zone? I think that takes the pressure off if they lose too. Like, I mean, I feel like it's a pressure release valve to, to play in these one score games. I mean, that's a lot of puckered buttholes out there, man. That's a lot of stress. That's a yeah. lot of high leverage, high stress games that you're playing. <laughs> I, there's, a, I don't, there's an image for you on the sideline. TJ Hawkinson over there, just scared to death. I mean, can you just imagine? I just don't know right now that, that Minnesota feels like they're out of anything ever. I mean, down... That I just you just don't get the feeling they ever think they're going to lose a game. That's I I agree. I'm I, and I listen again. I, I totally I I you when you believe you believe and they're definitely living a charmed life and I want to see that play out. But that's a game that it's going to be fascinating to watch this weekend. Again, I'll take Green Bay, uh, Pittsburgh against Baltimore. The Steelers are somehow in this goddamn thing, which I uh, it's driving me nuts. They're seven and eight. I don't think they're getting there either, Zach. I agree with you. I don't think they're getting to the playoffs or anything. But they're 7-8, and eight, and they're technically in it. And the reason I picked this game was because, again, the spread was competitive enough. They're at Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by 2.5. Zach, 2.5 for Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore here. Um, I mean, that's that's saying that Pittsburgh would be favored on a neutral field. And yeah. That's surprising to me. Um, and... And I know that Baltimore's had its issues and we've had injury and 
things like that. But um, Pittsburgh's not that good. They're they're very bad offensively. So, and and I and I don't think that you Baltimore's not going to give up a lot to them. So they're going to have to be all world, you know, on defense to slow down Baltimore. And I just don't think they have enough. Zach cared so little about that pick, he moved the mic away from him on that one just Sorry. so he could make Sorry. it. <laughs> the, the Ravens, I'm dealing with. No, I know. Everybody's working. We're going to work to finish this pod. We're doing great tonight, guys. You're doing wonderful work. This is why we had to push it back so far. Uh, Ryan, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Baltimore here too. Um, I was going to ask who's starting at quarterback for the Ravens, but through Zach, through Zach talking about that, the thought that kept coming to my mind is, does it even matter? Who's starting at quarterback for the it, Ravens your this picture week? It matters. Of course, it uh, matters. I, I don't think it does. I don't think if it's Hot Rod Huntley. I mean, of course, I I might want. I might want. Uh, I don't know if I might take. I might take Pittsburgh in that situation. I don't. I don't, I don't trust Pittsburgh's offense to do anything, and I, I don't think that. I think that Pittsburgh's defense is going to be on the field so much that it's not going to. They're not going to have the energy to to play the the end of this game well or consistently, as good as I think their defense can be. So I'm going to take Baltimore to win this. Throw throw for a, I'll throw a wrench in here. I'll take Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it's a it, it, they either are going to win this game or they're going to lose by one. It'll be a late Justin Tucker field goal to usurp the victory. I'll take like a 2019 kind of game. Uh, give me Pittsburgh to cover that and maybe even win it. That would be spectacular. Last one, guys. Really, the game of the week. A lot of shitty games this week, but this is the best one. Buffalo at Cincinnati. And there are some people who think the Bengals are the best team in the league right now. We'll find out soon enough. Buffalo is a one and a half point road dog or road favorite road favorite. I apologize. Home dog for the Bengals this week. One and a half points. Buffalo Cincinnati. Zach, I'll give you for a shot. Ooh, I, so this is where I would typically let Ryan go first and take the opposite team. Um, <laughs> but since I am under the gun here, I think my inclination is to go with the Bills. Um, I think that Cincinnati's been playing well, uh, but this is kind of one of those games where it feels like they're going to drop it before they go into the playoffs, before they really hit their stride. And like you talked about, sometimes that's an okay thing to lose a big game as the playoffs are approaching, right? And release some pressure and you're not running off 12 in a row and things like that. So I think it's a good, it, it's a, it, the bills are going to win this game on the road. Uh, Cincinnati comes back down to earth a little bit, um, but they'll be just fine when they hit the playoffs here. Taking Buffalo, Ryan. This to me feels like the game that, uh, that solidifies Buffalo as, as, the team that people talk about is the best team in the league before they lose next week to Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the, uh, the Bengals in this game. Taking Cincinnati to cover the one and a half and win. It's basically a pick. I'm a one and a half point game is, is nothing to it. I think the tough part here too, is like, if you're the, if you're the bills, if you lose this game, you're going to see Cincinnati again, right early in the playoffs. I agree. Right, the row. I mean, the AFC that buy is so important right now, um, not just because of the buy in the first round, but it's a better matchup in the second round. Um, you know, there's. I mean, these teams are the even the the six seven seeds are going to have a chance at beating the twos and threes. 
So there's just so much on the line for Buffalo here. Yep. Um, that if even if Cincinnati wins it, they're they're still not moving into the one spot. Um, right? Kansas City would end up there. So I think I think that there's so much on the line here for Buffalo. They got to have this game. I'll take Buffalo as well. I agree with you on all of those things. I think Buffalo is the uh, I and I've been saying all year. I really felt like Buffalo was one of the two or three best teams in the league. Um, I I think Josh Allen is one of the few guys in the league who can win a game by himself. Um, not that Joe Burrow can't. But uh, I, I think if you need Josh Allen to run 15 yards, get a first down, he can do it. Uh, I don't think Joe can do that, but I think Josh Allen can, and it might come down to something like that in this game. So give me, I think it's going to be a good game. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Give me Buffalo to win this game in a close one. And I think kind of a shootout. I think it might be one of these weird 34-31 kind of games where it's just both guys trading. Could be a really fun one to watch. All right. To the Eliminator. And every week it feels like it's coming back to us a little bit. Like it does feel like things are coming back to us. We haven't eliminated Green Bay. And if Green Bay can somehow pull this off, now the problem is is Jacksonville is screwing us on the other side. Because if Jacksonville bumps out Tennessee, then I feel like we're screwed one way or the other on this one. But yeah, that's it's the come back. That's the tough one. Um this this is okay, interesting discussion this week. Uh, because I think we're going to eliminate someone who's who's probably a game out of the playoffs, right? Right now, right, right. Um, I think I could I could see us eliminating New Orleans. Yes, uh, they're they're obviously only a game back, but there's three teams battling for that spot, and they play the Eagles this week. Yeah, um, I think the Jets and the Patriots are the options on the other side. And I don't what know. What do you if, think? Does Miami? Do you think Miami, at least with the Tua stuff, has to at least be talked about? I am not willing to eliminate Miami right now, especially since they are in the right. They are a playoff team. They're in it, right? If, they're in it, right? If they yeah. lose to New England this week, I think I'd I'd, I'd say Miami next week. But uh, I I just have a hard time eliminating anybody in the in the NFC South right now. I mean, it's it's. The Saints, the Saints won last week. I mean, it's it's a tall order this week. Right? Who do the Jets play this week? Who do the Jets Jet, have? Uh, the Jets have the Seahawks in Seattle. Okay, uh, not great for them, obviously. But Seattle's defense is is hot. And Mike track. Mike White's back, so yeah. And it's a gotta have it game. Both teams, really. Uh, I mean, you gotta have it. I think. I think for me, I'm I'm down to the 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 Patriots or the Saints. But I, I could be talked into either or out of either. I'm, I have a hard time eliminating the, the NFC South though because the Bucks are so bad and the Saints. It's a tall order, but if they can win this week, because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like Jalen Hurts is going to play this week again. But if the Saints, uh, so let me help help me with this one because that can help me figure out with Carolina or with the with the Saints. If the Panthers win. Does that mean the Panthers are in a tie with Tampa at that point, even if New Orleans were to win as well? I mean, does Tampa have to, I mean, does New Orleans have to leapfrog Carolina and Tampa to get there, or do they just need to leapfrog Tampa? So they, do you they see what to, I mean? If, if Carolina wins this week and New Orleans can win this week, they're playing for the division title next week. So Tampa would be out. They could play themselves out with a loss. Right. 
or at least in a spot where they're not controlling their own destiny next week. Well, next if they lose this week and the and the Saints if they lose this week and the Saints lose this week, then they need Carolina to lose next week wow. against the Saints. But it's, so there's still it's, a lot that's got to happen for New Orleans, right? Well, if New Orleans wins this week, they control their own destiny. But right. New Orleans and Carolina both have to win out to to take the division. Tampa doesn't have to win out to take the division. That's true. So it's Tampa's in the driver's seat, but if they lose to Carolina this week, then Carolina's in the driver's seat. And, and if Tampa wins, has that's a wrap, right? If Tampa wins this week, that's a wrap. They're going to win. The, so. That's 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 it for the division. Okay, I but, believe so. Sorry, just just to clarify here, if if Tampa wins out, they win. And I know you mentioned so New Orleans needs a Tampa loss at some point, even if New Orleans wins out, because they because yeah. New, Orleans, New Orleans plays the Panthers next week. Right, that's Who what I'm Tampa saying. Right? Next week, then too. Who does Tampa have? Tampa's Tampa has Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm. It's all division games next week. So they so they yeah. need at least one loss from Tampa. Yeah. So it, it, Carolina, Carolina needs a, a Tampa loss for sure, but they can get that this week if they win. Well, hold on, if, stop. Carolina plays Tampa this week. That's what I'm right. saying. Right, but when I'm talking about New Orleans, New Orleans needs a Tampa loss as well. Yeah. So that's they want, why they're I, cheering. They're cheering for Carolina this week, and they need to they need to beat right Philadelphia. So yeah. you're running you're running into the best team in the NFL, and you have you have to win, and you're praying for the Bucks to lose. So it just just so we're clear, if 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 New Orleans goes two and zero, but Tampa wins this week against Carolina. Tampa still wins the division. Uh, let me run my my sim here. I'm running. I just ran it. That's right. That's right. So so I think New Orleans is out. That's our eliminator. Because I feel like there's a lot that has to happen. First, you have to beat a really good Philadelphia team with Gardner Minshew, who we've all agreed is good enough to win. Right? We all think that he's not that, that it's not bad with him at quarterback. Um, then they have to win next week against Carolina, who's pretty good. I don't see that happening. Like I don't see that. Ha- I, I I don't. So I'm with you. Let's eliminate New Orleans. Do we? Can we agree on that? Let's knock New Orleans out. The only the last thing I'll say on this before we finalize this. He's always got to get the last word. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I'll say is that New England plays Buffalo next week, and even if they win this week, if they lose next week, they're out. Okay. Yes, but we don't know what. The status will be for Buffalo. Buffalo may not have anything to play for. Maybe, maybe not. But they're going to be. They look like they're going to be in a dogfight with Kansas City for the one seed because yeah. Kansas City's got Denver, Denver, Vegas. So, but I mean, what if, what if Buffalo loses this week? If if Buffalo loses this week, it's they're going to need help from Kansas City then to lose. Yeah. So that's why I just I just think the the. So many things have to happen for New Orleans, including them winning two games. Have they yep. even won two games in a row all year? I don't know if they have. Yeah. I and look, they, they, were in a, they were in a fight with Cleveland last week. I mean, of course, it was shit. I give them credit. It was a gutsy win to go on the road in the cold and win a game like that. But, I mean, it was, still wasn't, like, impressive or anything. Like, you didn't uh, walk out of there going, ooh, this Saints team is dangerous. It's not like Carolina who was impressive beating Detroit. 
Like that was impressive. Uh oh, Zach's cheering something. That Dalton Schultz's second touchdown of the night. Oh, that's huge. Here's he, your fifty bucks back, right? Well, yeah, no, it is. no, not oh, is it your league? league. Not in our league. That's yeah. for my national league. Oh, uh, good for you, man. Yeah, that's I'd right. Because that's what's going to bankroll this podcast to the national level. That's where we're going. So going worldwide. Uh, let's do the power right. rankings. Yeah. Power rankings. My power rankings remain unchanged. Uh, I've got Cincinnati at five. I, uh, I, I've shuffled mine up a little bit. I, you know, for, for the five spot, we're going to head to the NFC North. Um, and I, I've, you know, Green Bay Packers are definitely the fifth best. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my number five team is the Minnesota Vikings. Well, there it is. That'll be settled this weekend, Zach. That's all I have to say to that. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Anyway. They're playing well. <laughs> are playing well, but give me a break on that. All right, here we go. Number four. Every, every I've still people always used to say you don't want to face, you know, Green Bay in January. You don't have to go to Green Bay in January. Yeah. False. You don't want Aaron Rodgers in your dome in January. That's what I don't want to I don't yeah, want him, don't want him in, the, in good clean weather in January. Yeah, he terrifies me. I don't want him in a dome for a third time against us in, in first round of the playoffs, Ryan. You know I don't want that. I'm Ryan's like, it. It. <laughs> he ain't scared. Love it. My four is San Francisco. Brock Purdy continues to impress me. They continue to win. Give me the 49ers at four. Ryan. Uh, I am also going to take the uh, the San Francisco 49ers at four. Wow, I I feel like if I pick them, it would be kind of boring. Um, <laughs> no, if that's what you feel, then you get the third pick. I'll give you the third right yeah, away. Yeah, no, I I think I think San Francisco's there at four. Um, it, the Brock Purdy stuff is amazing. It's amazing. It's fun. To, it's fun. I love you this know. story. It's so great. They're probably going to sweep their division again this year. Um, they're they're doing some things well. I mean, defensively, they're so good, right? And yeah. that's allowed their offense to, you know, not necessarily be explosive at times. And that, I mean, that's another thing too, right? We've they're they're a good team, um, and they're, so they're my fourth. Yeah, and they're they're doing this with Debo too. Like Debo's been kind of hurt, banged up, not playing. Like if he can get back for the playoffs and stuff, which I don't know the severity of his injury. I don't really. Know I think that, he's going to but... play this week. Okay, I'd be interested to see when they're at full strength. It'll be fun to watch. My third is Buffalo. Um, and I think they can move up with a win over Cincinnati this week. Buffalo is the number one seed in the AFC. I still like Kansas City more than them, but I like Buffalo here at three. Zach? Yeah, I also have Buffalo at three. Um, I, I just think that, like you talked about, who do you trust more? I think you trust Kansas City and Mahomes just a little bit more. Yep, just a little bit more. Not a ton, just a little. Ryan? My third is Kansas City. Okay. You feel like Kansas City because Buffalo's the number That's, one and they have the home you, field? Uh no. I we'll get to Buffalo in a minute. But defensively, I'm I I think Kansas City's a little bit lesser. Uh, but offensively, I still think that they're they might be the most explosive team in the NFL. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Kansas City. And Mahomes point. should be the MVP. Like this, Mahomes I mean, look, is, this is the thing Mahomes is right is now. Awesome. The thing is right now is that on my power rankings, there's gonna be a team left off that should be on. There's gonna be a couple because there's about seven good teams in the NFL right now. And a 
there's going to be a team that's not there that should be, but they, so they all get so acknowledged. So you're leaving Green Bay off is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm leaving <laughs> Green Bay off. I'm not even close to my five right now. Let's be clear. Zach's the only guy on this panel that has had Green Bay in the power rankings more than once this year. Like, I think that's that's got to be – we have to at least say that. That has to be said. I for, if, as much as he rubs in the Philadelphia thing in everybody's face, that he, I was on Philadelphia week two, you also were on Green Bay week two and three. So let's just stow Dude, that a little bit. I, I sent you this, what, five weeks ago, their pass to the playoffs. and I Yep, told you, you did. I said, there's no doubt about it. I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> Tim, who's your number two? Number two is Kansas City. Uh, I think Kansas City is is they're peaking, and, and Mahomes is the MVP of the league. I, I think he's so you, you have the moved best him player. in front of Hertz now. Yeah, I have. Uh, I think it's just because uh, you know, a well, Hertz getting hurt wasn't good. No pun intended there, but I just also think Mahomes just you know, there's a lot of games that he just sort of wills victories. Yeah, he makes some bad passes and does some silly things, but he also makes like four or five plays that are like. Yeah, there's only like two guys in the league who can do that, like legitimately. Um, and they have the best coach. I think Andy Reid right now is the best offensive mind in the league. Um, and who's a veteran too, like he gets it. So give me him at two. I think I think Burrow might be slightly ahead of him right now just based on what they've done recently um, in terms of my MVP vote. But uh, my second team is also the Chiefs. I you know, not to be redundant with you, Tim, but um, they're doing a lot of things well. And I think they, they, you know, if you have to go to Arrowhead in the playoffs, that's not a place you want to be. No, completely agree. Completely agree. Ryan. Uh, my second team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you, you lose a, <laughs> you lose a game, you lose a game, you get knocked, but they don't get knocked far. They're down one spot. I think there's one team that's better than them right now. I'm going to take Philly at, at number two. Really, really good team. Still really solid. I like their defense a lot, but we're starting to see some cracks here. Just like I said earlier in the year, they, they show some cracks. They've got some injury issues. If they can get healthy, they're number one. But I don't know if they're going to get healthy, so we'll see. Number uh, number one for me then, and I, I'm pretty confident. I know where Ryan's going with this number one, but I'm going to go with my number one. It's going to be Philadelphia. The loss – wasn't a bad loss, right? It's on the road at a good Dallas team. Uh, no shame in that with the backup quarterback. And uh, it felt like it was a game they could have won too, just as easy, you know, for the same price. So uh, nothing hurt by that loss. Win this. You got to win this week though. Even with Gardner Minshew, you got to beat New Orleans. Got to do it. Uh, to stay number one on the rankings, you got to win this week. But I'll take Philadelphia this week to stay number one. Zach, I'm assuming you too. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what you said is true. Right, they heaven forbid they lose a game with their backup quarterback, a game that really doesn't mean a whole lot, right? I mean, they still have a game lead on the one seed, and uh, so I, I think I think Philadelphia is the best team right now, and I think they're the team. I mean, I guess right now they're the team I would be most confident in putting in to the Super Bowl, which means Ryan number one is. You want to take a guess, Tim? I know you said you have an idea. I think you're going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. That is absolutely correct with my MVP pick, Joe Burrow. Uh, this is 
as, as much as I like to say that you, I don't think you can bet against the Minnesota Vikings right now, and you know, you see how lucky that team is and just horseshoe up their ass. Cincinnati g- gets games done because they're that damn good. This is a team that is never out of the game. They've got offensive firepower. Their defense is starting to come around. They're, we are starting to see why they were in the Super Bowl last year, and they look a little bit better than they did last year. Yeah, they that, do. That, to me, you see growth in the quarterback from a guy who was already in the conversation of, of top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. At, at a wide receiver group that is absolutely coming into their own that's playing really well, a running game that's finding its legs, an offensive line that's giving him time. I mean, this is a very, very, very good football team that is getting healthier, that is getting better, and that is dangerous. Ryan, do you have to work tonight? I do not have to work tonight. Oh, well, thank God, because I thought maybe you were drinking and then going to work. So, (laughs) (laughs) Walked right into that one. You set him up and I knock him down. You know, know, Zach, if we end up working together next year, uh, I got to be more careful with the way that I that I talk to you about some of these things because you you lead lead me into these things on the sidelines. No headsets. You you lead me into this crap. Yeah, I couldn't. No, eight times out of ten. It's all right. We we've got a guy on staff that I already pick on. So, oh good. Oh, my gosh. Guys, thanks so much again for joining me. I know this week was really weird. We had to make some things work on the schedule to make it happen, but I'm grateful to you as well. Uh, Happy New Year. Enjoy your weekend festivities. Enjoy the football, and uh, we'll be back at it. Back at our regularly scheduled time next week. Uh, Hopefully, if not Tuesday, it'll be Monday, Tuesday, depending on the New Year situation. But we'll be back here again uh, next week on the pod, and uh, we'll be breaking it all down. So until next time, for Ryan, for Zach, this is Tim. Say keep it up. And we'll see you.